Download Adam Sank's last comedy album on Amazon, iTunes, or Google Play. We're already in the shower together. <laughs> the risk has been taken. If I don't blow you, the risk will have been for nothing. Warning. The program you're about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. Ryan, pull down your pants. <laughs> JB, you start Let's... sucking. The host, a comedian of questionable talent, speaks incessantly on topics of a sexual and scatological nature. I will fuck you, but I will not eat you. I want that fucking dick down my throat while I'm dicking him down. I okay. hope my mother's listening. Your ass became a rosebud? Yeah, that's because I got dicked down real good. <laughs> he asks questions of his celebrity guests that are highly inappropriate and rude. Which of you has a bigger penis? Oh, that's a good one. That's a fun, good one. Going down on the clitoris? Oh, yes. Oh, I like where you're going with yep. this. For some reason, the word strap-on just comes right out of my mouth, Bianca. Yeah, you said come and strap-on at the same time. And he cannot stop talking about his buttocks. I think your butt is telling you, no mas, por favor. <laughs> this is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. <laughs> and now... The one, the only... Forget your troubles, come on, get happy. We're gonna chase all the fears away. Shout out, hallelujah, come on, get happy. Get ready for the judgment day. Yeah. That's a little low, but uh, I let Ryan choose. I started in a different key and I went to your key, bitch. Oh, that's so, I don't hey, know what you're talking about. Welcome to the Adam Sank Show. We are not live and we're not in tune. But this is a brand <laughs> new episode. If you're listening at 11 a.m. Eastern on Saturday, February 29th, it's Leap Day, everyone. 2020. Oh my goodness. I'm seeing Celine Dion today. Happy birthday to all the Lee babies who don't have birthdays for uh, Yes, years. and in fact, happy birthday to my very good friend, one of my best friends, Walt Nichols. Aww. Down in Little Rock, Arkansas, Walt turns 12 today. <laughs> it's his 12th birthday. That's amazing. Literally. Wow. Uh, but as I was saying, this is dnrstudios.com, the only place you can hear this podcast throughout the week that it first airs. If you listen elsewhere, leave us your ratings and reviews on whichever audio platform you use and shoot me an email, for God's sakes, at adam at com. Like the Facebook page, download the comedy albums, uh, tell your friends about this podcast, God damn it. Like, tell everyone. Um, what else? Oh, AIDS Walk New York. I am raising money for AIDS Walk New York. Uh, it's going to take a lot of donations for me to get to $10,000. All the money goes to GMHC, which is a really important HIV AIDS services organization here in New York, one of the biggest in the world. Uh, certainly it was the first. And you can donate just by going to adamsank.com. There's a link right in the upper, if you're on a laptop, desktop, it's in the upper right. If you're on your phone, it's like beneath my picture, but you'll find it. It's there. Today on the Adam Sank Show, our guests are the Vegan Moes. <laughs> Very close friends of, of Ryan's and mine. Uh, they have been on the show, but not in years. So this is their triumphant return. We look forward to talking to them, to them about the explosion in meat substitutes. Yes. All of a sudden, all you, you got the Impossible Whopper. You got the Kentucky Fried Chicken Impossible Vegan Chicken. Beef. Dunkin' Donuts has an Impossible Sandwich. It's amazing yeah. what's going on. Uh, so we'll be talking to them about that and animal rights. But first, that uh, lovely dulcet uh, singing tone you heard at the beginning of the show. Was my co-host, everyone's favorite, everyone's favorite crying lost pig, Ryan Frostig. Hello, Adam. Oh my God! Tonight, yes. I'm seeing Celine Dion. I drove all, all night. night. We should have started with a Celine Dion song. To get to, to you. you. Where are you seeing Celine? At the Barclays Center. Lucky you. Is that all right? I feel like she's got to be happier since Lemmy died. <laughs> Right, I always I felt mean, that that was such a sick relationship. Well, the thing is, is that um, I'm t I, Celine is someone like Celine's one of those big gay icons that everyone loves, but she sounds amazing. Yeah. I've seen all over YouTube, all over the internet, that like clips from her concert, she sounds incredible. She, Whereas, she's like, like a Barbara Streisand. She's got yeah. one of the greatest voices of all time, and she's not canceling shows. She's like doing the she's damn thing, doing it. Well, good for her. Um, and speaking of singers, yes. so this man has come up many times on the ass, and I wish that he would come in, in my you. ass, yeah. literally. Mm -hmm. uh, the front man for Imagine Dragons, Dan Reynolds, 
Um, as we've said many times, he is a straight man. He is heterosexual, but he is a tremendous LGBTQ ally Yes, uh, who was raised Mormon and has really been a leader in the fight against uh, the Mormon church's prohibition against homosexuality and uh, specifically conversion therapy of young uh, queer Mormons. And uh, so he's done a lot of things. In 2016, he co-founded the Love Loud Festival to raise awareness for issues impacting LGBTQ youth. Um, and uh, he's, you know, he's just done incredible work. Well, he's back in the news again because he went to Capitol Hill. Yes. He went to Washington, D.C., where he met with lawmakers to, to push for a federal ban on conversion therapy. That's Amazing. Now, you know this is something Mike Pence mm -hmm. will be very much against. Mm -hmm. uh, and fuck him. Uh, what's his name again? Reynolds. Reynolds met with um, several lawmakers, Representative Sean Patrick Maloney of New York, who yes. is gay and hot. Work. Uh, he's also Maloney's co-chair of the Congressional LGBT Equality Caucus. Uh, Congressman Ted Lieu, vice chair of the Equality Caucus. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Also, Nancy Pelosi and Mitt Romney, oh, who is wow. both Republican and Mormon, and that's really important. Reynolds said, quote, sadly, it takes a straight man with a lot of privilege to come in as well to get to actually get things done. And I think that's a, it's a damn shame in 2020, something you'd think would not be necessary, but it's just a matter. It's just the truth of the matter. Currently, only 19 states ban conversion therapy. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we told you that Utah was one of the latest ones to do so. Uh, Virginia looks like it's going to be the next one. By the time this episode airs, it probably will have already happened. Mm -hmm. uh, Virginia has, uh, has passed a ban on conversion therapy in both their House and Senate, but the governor needs to sign it. Um, so again, thank you, Dan this Reynolds. That's what a real ally looks like. Fuck yeah. And, and this he's is what a hot, hot man looks like. Look he at this man, JV. fine. I mean... He could get yes. it in could, every or every sense of the way. I will mm -hmm. sell that man's face and bury him with these cakes. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and not that it's right to objectify someone who's just trying no, no, to. No, 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 oh, but. no. I feel objectifying men is fine. They've been doing it to women all years. So let's do it to them. And that's one uh, opinion. We have to record that. <laughs> the opinions of JB. Somebody. <laughs> do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Adam Sanctuary or its sponsors. Um, okay. Speaking of uh, activism and uh, banning anti-gay bills, um, there's some great news out of South Dakota, of all places. Mm. It's so not usually good news out of there. It really, I mean, there's no news no out news. of South Dakota. <laughs> we forget that South Dakota is there unless we're talking about Mount Rushmore. But, um, but South Dakota uh, has, has killed a bill that they wanted that Republicans there wanted to pass, which would have um, basically banned. This is confusing. It would have banned puberty blockers and gender confirmation surgery for trans children under the age of sixteen. So, in other words, if I'm a fourteen-year-old uh, trans girl, let's mm. say, living in South Dakota, right, and I'm starting to develop as a boy and my parents and my doctors say, yes, you can have these puberty blockers or you can have gender uh, reassignment surgery. Uh, this bill would have prevented that. It would have made it illegal to do so. And it looked like this was going to pass, but there was a real push, not only by allies, but by trans teenagers themselves. Mm. They spoke out and, you know, you got to think about what it's like to be a trans teenager in South Dakota. Period. Yeah, in general. Period. And then to be an activist. And in South Dakota, um, the ACLU of South Dakota also led the fight against the bill. So we have to thank them. But um, one of the people who testified in the uh, South Dakota House of Representatives was Quincy Park. Quincy Park is a 17-year-old who is trans. Uh, they identify as non-binary. And um, their testimony was recorded. And we have some of it. Take, take a listen. We deserve the opportunity to consult with our doctors, our parents, and our physicians to make the decisions that are right for us. When I was younger, on days when it felt like I was drowning in my dysphoria, when all hope seemed lost, the promise of transitioning was so close. Just one more month, just one more appointment, just one more doctor. Every step of the way, I knew one thing. 
I know who I am. I don't need you to understand, but I need you to believe me when I say, I am Quincy Park. Wow. Now, lest you think otherwise, there is not a pianist inside the South Dakota legislature. That music was added later by the Human Rights Campaign. And you know how I feel about adding music behind sound bites. It infuriates me. But the important thing is Quincy Park is brave as fuck. We support you, Quincy. We, we speak your name. Uh, as are all the other trans kids who spoke not only to the legislature, but also on the news. Um, I saw this really young kid with his mom on a news report out of South Dakota. And not only was he great, but the mom was so great. Yeah. She's the best mom. Yeah, we need more parents like that. Absolutely. So congratulations to all of you for effectively killing this hateful. And not only hateful, it's like you're going out of your way to hurt people when you pass a bill like this. You know, this is something that happens relatively infrequently, especially in a state like South Dakota. Let families and doctors make these decisions themselves. You know, these Republican Party is supposed to be the party of no government interference. How yeah. the fuck is this not government interference? I hate them so much. In more great news, a park in Brooklyn is being renamed for Marsha P. Johnson. Yes. Johnson was the legendary, is the legendary activist uh, who was uh, sometimes identified as, as a trans woman, sometimes as a drag queen, sometimes as a gay man. Mm -hmm. Regardless, was one of the most important figures during the Stonewall era, dubbed the mayor of Christopher Street. Um, she is considered to be a pioneer of the trans equality movement. She died in 1992 at the age of 46 under very mysterious circumstances. Mm -hmm. There's a wonderful documentary about that. Um, but now there's going to be a park named for her. I'm trying to find out if it's near Ryan. Yeah, I think it is. It's an 11-acre green space in Williamsburg. Oh, yeah. With an unobstructed view of Midtown Manhattan, it would be the first New York space to be named after an openly LGBTQ individual. Wow. That's amazing, That's, right? Yeah. I find that kind of hard to believe, but I guess it's, yeah. So uh, Marsha P. Johnson Park... Uh, we'll, we will soon be seeing that here in New York. And additionally, last year, New York announced that both Johnson and Sylvia Rivera, uh, another activist with whom Johnson founded the Street Transvestite Action Revolutionaries Group, will be honored with a permanent monument in Greenwich Village. Uh, this will be like a, you know, a statue mm -hmm. of, of some kind. So it's wonderful that they're getting their due after all these years. And yeah. having a park name for you in New York is a very big deal. And um, I don't have one. I know the... Uh, I second that people should watch um, the Marsha Johnson, uh, Sylvia Rivera documentary. Um, I actually know the filmmaker, David oh. France. Who? Uh, David France. He's How well do you know him? I know him well. Well, my ex worked on the film, so. Mm. And uh, yeah. Is this what happened oh. when you met with David France? Oh. 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 There were moments of uh, <laughs> We haven't played you. your orgasm in a while. Yeah, that's my um, best work. Okay. <laughs> Here's a story that's uh, really, really fascinating. Okay, I'm going to be honest with you. When I read this story, I thought, I really want to get the author on the podcast, and I still want to. Mm -hmm. I just was kind of busy sure. the past couple weeks. Okay. Never got around to reaching out. But this, this warrants a whole discussion. Yeah. The author's name is Channing Gerard, and he wrote this article for The Nation. It's a lengthy article, and the headline was, The First Drag Queen Was a Former Slave. Wow. This is about someone named William Dorsey Swan, who was known to his friends as the Queen. He was born in Maryland around 1858 as a slave, um, survived the Civil War, was freed, and beginning in the 1880s, he became not only the first American activist to lead a queer resistance group, but he also became the first known person to dub himself a queen of drag, quote-unquote. Hmm. In the 1880s. That's wild. In 1896, after being convicted and sentenced to 10 months in jail on the false charge of, quote, keeping a disorderly house, which was a euphemism for basically running a whorehouse, he demanded and was denied a pardon from President Grover Cleveland for holding a drag ball. This is uh, typical of, of the kind of things that would happen. Uh, one night in 1888, D.C. police broke up one of Swan's parties. Um, the Washington critic reported, quote, six colored men dressed in elegant female attire were arraigned in the dock at the police court this morning on a charge of being suspicious persons. 
They nearly all had on low-neck and short-sleeved silk dresses, several of them with trains, as well as corsets, bustles, long hose, and slippers, and everything that goes to make a female's dress complete. Full gish, full up in the game. You have to appreciate the detailed reporting. Yes. Drag balls had been going on in secret for years. Invitations to these dances were often whispered to young men at the YMCA. And newspapers at the, at the time described the arrest of several black men wearing, quote, bewitching fascinators, silk sacks, or cashmere dresses while en route to the balls. In 1882, Swan served a jail term for stealing plates, silverware, and other party salives. But the 1887 raid was the first time that the wider world learned of him and uh, this this group that he would uh, hang with that mostly worked as messengers, butlers, coachmen, and cooks. It's just mind-boggling, and no one knew about this until very recently. This author actually discovered these records and these reports, and this is being reported for the first time. That's crazy. Well, I mean, it's just another example that queer people drag. It's always been there. We just, we haven't, it's been so underground, but we haven't, like, now it's finally coming to the forefront and being mainstream, but it's always been around. Yes. And that people of color. Yes, Led the way yeah. with with this with this ball culture that's as old as the Civil War. Yeah, that's crazy to me. Yeah, I, imagine a slave, someone born a slave, uh, having a fabulous drag ball twenty years later. Like it's crazy to me. Anyway, I, I need to get uh, Gerard Channing, excuse yes. me, Channing Gerard, on the show to talk more about this because I'm fascinated by it. Here's a little bit of good news out of Texas, hmm. San Antonio. Tell me more. This police officer uh, was outed. Well, it starts out as a bad story, and then it gets to be a good story. He was outed by his ex-wife. He had married a woman, and they had a daughter together. He and his wife split up and filed for divorce and were engaged in a custody battle. And then the ex-wife and her new husband decided to tell a local media outlet about the fact that he was gay and had subsequently ran a story about the gay cop fighting for custody of his daughter, which, you know, in San Antonio, Texas, the media is not going to uh, be on the side of the of the gay cop, and certainly the public isn't. Right. So he was terrified, and he didn't know how his colleagues were going to respond to this. And he was thinking, you know, oh, God, what's going to happen now? He got a call from another officer who he, whom he admired and had been on, uh, you know, police assignments with and the guy sent him a message and said I want to meet meet you for coffee he said I dreaded going to meet him because I'd already had so much happen to me the last thing I wanted was to get kicked out one more time he really thought he might lose his job so he meets this cop at a local coffee shop he gets out of the car the guy had been waiting there for a while and all of a sudden he looks at him and says Mike I was wrong and I was like what do you mean and he goes my whole life and my whole upbringing I never thought that people who are gay should ever serve in law enforcement or the military. And now, because I've gotten to know you, I know who you are, the calls that we've gone on, the things we've done, it's changed my perspective. So when all this stuff came out, I knew I had to see you and I knew I had to tell you, thanks to you, I've changed my perspective, but because I can see value in gay individuals being in law enforcement. He said, Mike, I want you to know I will forever be proud to walk through a door with you. This meant so much to me because prior to this, I had thought my sexuality was a detriment. His words were empowering to me. Um, so this guy, why can't I find his fucking name? Mike Crumrine, C-R-U-M-R-I-N-E. Crumrine, which sounds like a racist Asian joke. Uh, he, he says uh, he is now president of the Lesbian Gay Peace Officers Association, which is the first and only uh, such association in the state of Texas. And um, That's so nice. And then they fucked each other. And, they, and everyone lived happily ever after. No, I'm just kidding. They didn't fuck each other. But uh, so you never know. Yeah, you never know how people are going to react. Sometimes the wor- the most homophobic, conservative, right wing assholes can completely have a change of heart mm-hmm. once they actually know one of us. Right. Because we're so fabulous. We're great. What's not to like? I know. Bitch, we're fierce. Thank you. Very that. Thank you, JB. Uh, meanwhile, in Milwaukee. A gas station owner is fighting to keep his business open after an amateur porn star recorded, <laughs> recorded a sex video wow. in the snack aisle of his convenience store. <laughs> 
in July, snack in July in 2018. <laughs> what? He fucked a snack in the snack aisle. He fucked a snatch. Mm. In July 2018, a convicted felon turned up to the gas station. He turned the gas station into a porn set while the business was open. This story is all about the quotes. And I'm going to do a southern accent, even though it's Milwaukee. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he had nothing on but a bathrobe, said Clifton Daly, who lives behind the store. Keep in mind, it was right next to the chips and across from the sunflower seeds. <laughs> this guy is known among his online fans for explicit acts in public spaces, from shopping malls to movie theaters, public streets, and even public parks, including Milwaukee's Swing Park. That sounds fun. He's made sex videos in fast food parking lots inside hospital rooms. Oh, my God. On top of car hoods and city rooftops. Frederick Allen is his name. When Fox 6 caught up with him, he said, it's like a, it's like a business. I get paid every month, like $10,000. And the reporter said, $10,000 a month? He said, $10,000. His exploits have gotten him into trouble before. This is a long story. Mm. Okay, here's where it gets not funny. In 2017, police identified a 15-year-old girl in one of his videos. Oh, dear. Why isn't he in prison? Right? That should have been the end of his uh, career and, and freedom. Uh, but the charges were later dropped when a witness backed out. Meanwhile, Alan's sex video enterprise appears to be going strong. He has more than 67,000 subscribers to his channel on Pornhub. His videos... Jesus. His videos have generated more than 100 million views. No wonder he gets $10,000 wow. a month. Um, it's a disgusting act said Emil, or Emil, Avbigyali. I love that Emil sex. An attorney for Cool Petroleum, the company that owns the gas station. I'm not going to sanitize this. Uh, let's see. When confronted by police, he said, if you're going to call the police, I will shoot, or when confronted by the owner, he said, if you're going to call the police, I will shoot you and burn your gas station too. I don't know how this guy's still running around making yeah, I sex don't know. videos. This reminded me, though, um, I mean, I don't typically like having sex in public. It's not like something I'm into, Liar. but, and it's a big but, when Boy Wolf and I uh, landed in Mexico, we took a shuttle to our um, hotel, and you know those, like, those shuttle vans, we were with uh, another couple that was, like, older and straight, mm -hmm. and we were in the back, and we were like, we should, this is, like, sort of the premise of, like, you know, like, in public sex like we're it's just us and another couple they're in the front we're in the back i could blow you right now like this is how this these are how all these points start like i could just take out your dick and start blowing you and they would have no clue oh, 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 and so they started hearing this sound boy wolf is actually louder than i am oh my his was so what'd you do a whale uh, did not blow him. So I love doing this. I love anything transgressive. You mm -hmm. know, that's like a huge turn on for me. Mm -hmm. So I've definitely had sex in inappropriate places. And actually, I forgot to mention this on the last show. Yes. I haven't told you this story off oh, the air. Oh, good. Here we go. So I had virtually no sex in San Francisco because, mm -hmm. as I told you, I had extreme you had diarrhea. Stuff coming out of your ass. Yeah. yeah. But I was waiting for a bus. One of the... The transportation system in San Francisco is so fucking confusing because mm -hmm. there's like trams and there's trolley cars mm -hmm. and there's buses and then there's underground buses and there's a different underground subway. It's it, confusing. But I was waiting for a – I think it was a tram. Mm -hmm. And there was this guy, kind of older, like maybe in his late 50s, Latin guy, standing next to me wearing very tight pants. Ooh. And I kept noticing that he kept hitching up his pants in my direction and like pulling them sort of tighter and tighter to show off what clearly was a very hard dick. Mm -hmm. And there were people all around us. It was a bus stop, you know? And I was like, I'm getting very turned on right now. You wanted him to tram you. Yes. <laughs> wanted him to treat me like a tram. <laughs> so we got on and we sat down next to each other and I proceeded to play with his dick for the entire ride. Now, his dick never came out. Sure. It was just underneath the jeans, but I just was like tugging on it and, you know, kind of moving my elbow back so that my elbow was on top of it. I was kind of giving him a little elbow lap oh, dance. No. And, you know, there were people all around us and I'm sure some of them were horrified, but... Uh, I love that for you. 
You know, I thought if I'm going to get arrested, it might as well be be in San Francisco, jerking off a stranger, an old man. (laughs) Hashtag live your best life. Sounds about right. Yeah, Yeah. but that's exciting. And then I got off at my stop, which was Castro, and he got off too. And he kind of looked at me hopefully, and I was like, bye bye. Because I wanted to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He wasn't hot, and I didn't want to take it any further than that. I just it was a momentary. Bit of excitement. I just wanted to play with you just for that, just for the tram. Just ride. for the tram. But I was proud of myself for picking up on what he was doing because it was kind of subtle at first. I mean, if anyone's going to pick up on subtle sexual, yeah, it's going to be. I mean, my eyes are on your horror. crotch most of the time. <laughs> so, um, Ryan, did you see Judy? We saw it together. Oh, we did see it together. Yeah. Did you see it, JB? No, sir. Well, Renee Zellweger just won the Oscar for it. Deservingly so. I thought so, too. She was amazing. A lot of people hate this movie. I didn't like the movie, but I liked her performance in it. I liked the movie except for all the flashback scenes. Mm. I thought they were garbage and should have been cut. Yeah. But I thought it was actually a decent movie, and I thought she was amazing. Stunning. A lot of people online are like... She, you know, she didn't sound like her and she shouldn't have played her and the movie shouldn't have been made. There was such a rage over this. Um, Anyway, one person who was not happy about the movie (laughs) is Lajminelli. She gave an extensive interview to Variety magazine. Uh, She's now 73 and still alive. That's surprising. Which is something people didn't predict. I'm sure. You know, yeah. Liza has had major health problems again and again and again, and her own problems with addiction. Sure. And it's kind of wonderful. Uh, I hope she lives to be 100, of course, but yeah. it's kind of wonderful that she's made it to 73, considering that Judy only made it to 48, 49. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, she does not like when anyone portrays her mother. And she was asked about this. <laughs> I should have had this highlighted, and I didn't. I want to get happy. Why don't you sing for us? Cheers, away. Is that your live song? Remember when? Um, oh, you sound more like W. C. Fields. Uh, I, don't, I don't know who that is. Actually, no, what? I do. He's the. Oh, Fields. my little chickadee. <laughs> yeah. Hello, my honey. Hello, my baby. No. no. Okay. He was like, dude, like you I, know who he is. I know Hello, My Baby. I do know that from Looney Tunes. I'm big, hmm. big Looney Tunes fan, so don't shoot How nice life. for you. Yeah, Great. maybe you should watch cartoons. Oh, wow. yeah. Mm, okay. Mm. This is literally the headline of the article, and I cannot find it anywhere in here. Basically, she, she asked, didn't like it. She was asked what she thought, and the only thing she would say was, Ebony Joyer had a good time making it. Oh, my God. And that's it. That's so petty. I love it. I don't know why. I think I feel like it's a very sympathetic performance. It certainly doesn't yeah. make Judy out to be a villain or a bad person in any way. No, but I think that maybe just, you know, for Liza, it's it's painful. And I don't think that she even cares whether or not the performance is, like, um, at a high standard. I think she just doesn't want it happening. And I, I guess I can understand that. They also asked Eliza what it was like working with Bob Fosse in Cabaret. She said, sensational. I have scoliosis. And he noticed that because when I'm standing, sometimes it looks like a little knock knee. He noticed that one leg went higher than the other. He took all my mistakes or things that I did and I thought were awful. And he thought were unusual and he used them. It's a little like Jan Brady, right? That's really it's really like, good. It's like Eliza meets Jan Brady. My best impression of Liza is actually my impression of Mario Cantone's impression in the movie The Aristocrats, when he says, uh, I used to have this terrific act where the uh, the percussionist, I love the word percussionist, the percussionist would come out, take his triangle, and put it in front of my triangle, and clang, clang, clang with the trolley, just like Mama used to do. Oh, God. JB's laughing. Anyway. Well, Liza didn't like Judy. The movie. The movie. She <laughs> loved her mother. Yes. I say, if you haven't seen it, see it. See it. I'm sure it's streaming by now. The other movie about Liza, I think, is better. About Liza? I mean, I'm sorry, about Judy. The one from many years ago mm-hmm. with Judy Davis? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was called uh, Judy Garland, Life in, in My Shadows or something? Yeah. Or? In the sh- it's something, a TV movie. Yeah. Yeah, Judy Davis was wonderful. She gave an amazing performance. But I thought Renee really transformed herself. And I Definitely. thought like when she would sing... Like, she's not a great singer. She no. doesn't sound like Judy Garland. But you believed that it was Judy Garland because her acting was so good. Yes. Acting. Acting. <laughs> acting. Effect. Speaking of great singers, 
Oh my God, I can't wait to talk about this. There's this story out of England. Uh, there's a dude who has like an internet show where he, uh, his name is Kevin Freshwater. And he, he does this thing where he walks up to people in the public and he'll give them a song lyric and then they have to give the next lyric. It's yeah. kind of like he's quizzing them to see if they know it. So he did this to some random woman in a subway station in London. And here's what happened. Finish the lyrics. Tell me something, girl. Are you happy in this modern world? Or do you need more? Wow. <laughs> keep going. So wow, you really good. Keep going. I'm off the deep end. Watch as I dive in. I'll never meet the ground. Wow. Crash through the surface. Where they can't hurt us. We're far from the shallow now. <laughs> you're brilliant. Amazing. Well done. Are you a singer? Oh my God, you're amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. She's so yeah, She's so amazing. I'm a singer. <laughs> she, my first thought when I saw this was, oh my God, it's a young Blythe Danner. She does, does look, she a not look like, like Blythe, Blythe Danner? Danner. Yeah. Great big well, she's got, blonde hair. She's got wonderful feathered 80s hair. Mm-hmm. She's got kind of a Heather Glockler. Those doe eyes. Dude. She's like very pretty. Well, it turns out she is a professional singer. Her name mm. is Charlotte Aubrey. She lives in Essex, England. And, uh, you know, so she performs at weddings and other private functions. She makes a living as a singer, but she was not famous before this. Guess what? Now she's famous. Yeah. A tweet sharing the video has had over a million likes in less than two days and almost a quarter of a million retweets. Her own Instagram account went from having 5,000 followers, which, by the way, is impressive in and of itself, to 143,000 followers. Wow. Quite the surge. And she's going to be famous now. Yeah. She's going to be the next... Remember that old hag who did a that old hag. X Factor or America's Oh, uh, Susan Boyle. Susan Boyle. Yeah, she's going to be the next Susan Boyle, but this one, is she's got the looks to go with it. Yeah. She's very attractive. I mean, there's just so many talented people just like roaming about the earth. And, you know, she just happened to be walking by. And Yeah, what know, are the chances that, you just, know, he's going to stick his microphone in her face? Yeah, because she could have opened her mouth and it could have been... Awful. Also, what are the chances that she knew that song? What if, what if he caught her stumping? Sure. Like, well, if she's a, if she's she sings right. at weddings, she knows that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Because like, people are going to request. Not that song. everyone knows that song. Yeah, like, I don't they know that should. song. <gasps> it's from A Star what? Is Born. It's Gaga. What? It's Gaga. Gaga. Sing yes, it, Ryan. Gaga. Do your event. I'm a deep end. Watch as I dive in. I'll never reach the ground. Thank you. She, uh, what I like about it is that she starts kind of timidly. Yeah. And then she just fucking unleashes. And I love that he's like, wow. He's like reacting in the moment. Wow. Yes. yes. All right. Time for our LGBTQ Pride Roundup. Hit it, Ann Steele. There are no Pride celebrations anywhere this week, but there is one coming up in March. March 8th through 21st is the Wellington Pride Festival in Wellington, New Zealand. And then after that, March just goes crazy with Pride. March is when when Pride season really kicks up in parts of the world like New Zealand where it is uh, summertime. Yeah. I think by then it will be fall. I don't know how that works exactly, but uh, it's backwards. And now it's time for our guest segment. And our guests have been patiently waiting this whole time. Uh, They are making their triumphant return to the ass. They appeared on a very early episode, episode 11 in January of 2018. We're now on episode, like, what is this, 129? 129, yep. (laughs) They are activists, bloggers, and lovers, as well as the authors of NYC Vegan Iconic Recipes for a Taste of the Big Apple. Please welcome back to the ass, Michael Suchman and Ethan Cement, a.k.a. the Vegan Moes. Hey, guys. Hey, it's good to be back. Ethan, I always feel like I'm saying your last name wrong. You are. You're saying it right. Cement. Cement. Like, like the stuff you pour into the ground. Yeah. Yeah. And Suchman, not Suckman. <laughs> One is my last name. The other is what I do. Uh, yes. Hey. Very bad. Right off my, the bat. My former uh, employers. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you can talk about that, Ryan. Well, I was just saying to Adam before, the last time I saw you guys was when we were all in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that Smorgasbord. W- that was the yeah. same day that I met my current boyfriend and when I when I was working with you or working for you I was also making my debut on the Adam Singh show 
As a, wow. as you're a always there it's for all full circle. All these um, so touchstones. The center of your yes. Life, the I'm going to adjust your microphone. The last time you guys were on, we could barely hear Ethan. Okay. He's Sing got a very, yeah, use your, use your stage voice. No time am. for timid for the cheap seats. Keep that big, thick microphone right in front of those Sell it. lips. <laughs> Mm. Your hair is interesting, Ethan. Did you uh, get a perm? Wow. Interesting. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> wow, your hair is interesting. My hair is natural. I I've never doing seen anything you to with it. a curl. It's really cute. You saw me on December. What did we do? We went to Mother. We went to Mother Vegan. And, and your hair just, was curly? Yeah. I really like it. It's, a, Thank it's you. an this adorable is, little Jufro. It is my Jufro. Yeah. And uh, I just stopped straightening it. I love it. Uh, mm-hmm. Hey, guys, I went to your website, veganmos.com, to prepare yes. for this interview, and I discovered that you are on a break. We, we are. From your fans. What's going on? We, we're on a break from social media. Yeah. We've loved doing it. We love being the Vegan Mos, but it became... This kind of thing that we could no longer necessarily go out anywhere in public. It's one of those. Really? It's been a blessing and a curse kind of <laughs> is thing. Is that true? Were you mad? We, we would be in most random places and people would come. Oh, you're the vegan Moe's. Like, we stopped no, eating in vegan restaurants for a while because literally we would just not be able to get through a meal. Like, wow. on, on the this night is be- so interesting. The night before Thanksgiving, we went out with my uh, brother and his wife for dinner. Uh, where we're going for lunch actually this mm, afternoon and I'm moderately yes. terrified of the experience and this woman came over and sat at the table and just, just like plopped down and just like hi and finally I just had to say I'm so sorry but I'm having a dinner with my brother and his wife and we were in the middle of something so. why do you think people think that's okay if, if you were like movie stars they wouldn't do that because we post a lot and so people were really feeling like they knew us and you know what happens in social media people feel like they know you and they have a level of familiarity that they shouldn't and it's just start to become a little over Overwhelming and the constant need to keep up with all the social media for vegan Moe's, plus you know, doing our regular nine to five job at the medical office, which is actually what pays for our lives. <laughs> that, that's what needed our attention more than vegan Moe's. We'll be back. You think you'll come back? For sure. Yeah. What I get, uh, I don't have people coming up to me very often, but what I get are when, and whenever someone who knows me from online comes to New York, they want to like have dinner with me mm-hmm. or get a cup of coffee or get a drink. And I'm like, I don't know you and I don't have time to get dinner and coffee with people that I actually know. Yeah, exactly. It's really sweet. I mean, it it's comes, very, from, a, it comes from a really loving p- place, yeah, but if every flattering. single person who's following you did this, yeah. you would do nothing but get coffee right. with people. And it, it is very flattering and we are so appreciative of everyone who helped make Vegan Moe's what it became. At the same time, we are still private people. And so if you see the vegan Moe's out just and about, ignore us. for God's sake, leave them the Don't fuck look at them. <laughs> don't breathe near them. Don't talk to them. They have had it officially. But maybe yeah. it's also because there's an awareness that you're not like big movie stars. That people are like, oh, they, they're okay with this. They, yeah. they think it's okay for us to come and you know, disturb their dinners. Yeah. Think- so boys, as I said, we had you on in 2017. Yes. It's now 2020. I feel like since you were first on, there has been an explosion in plant-based foods and yep. specifically plant-based meat substitutes. It's yep. crazy how much it has taken off in ways. I think for people who have been vegan for a long time, they've seen the products coming, but we've known about it, I guess, sort of underground being in the vegan blogosphere and everything. They've become so public and mainstream. It's unbelievable. I mean, Burger King. McDonald's, Kentucky Dunkin Fried Chicken, Dunkin' Donuts. These are massive Dos Toros. companies. Yep. And I'd love to say they're doing it out of the goodness of their hearts, but <laughs> to them, it's, it's purely money motivated. They understand that this is where everything is trending. Everything is trending plant-based, so get in on it now so you're not losing this business that you never before were able to capture. Absolutely. So do you guys see this? Because as you just said, these are not altruistic companies and these companies are still murdering, you know, millions of animals every year, tens of millions. So billions, billions. So is it a good thing or a bad thing that Burger King now has an impossible Whopper, that McDonald's is going to have a a PLT soon? It's a great thing. And it's a great thing for a number of reasons. Uh, Most importantly, because of economic justice for people who can't afford food. You know, there's there's this idea that people who are economically disadvantaged in our culture eat 
fast food and things like that because they want to. They eat it because they're in food deserts, because they yeah. can't find organic fruits and vegetables, because the federal subsidies and our government gives out, we give less than 4% of all of our federal subsidies to fruits and vegetables. And we give handouts to these farmers who are destroying the planet and murdering billions of animals every year and making Americans sick and dependent on a system of healthcare that feeds them pharmaceuticals. And so when you think about the entrenched system, one of the most resistant and uh, amazing things that are, let's talk about being subversive, one of the things that you can do to push back against this system is to eat a plant-based diet. And if you're in a place where there is literally no plant-based food, but there's a Burger King, now you've got a plant-based option. Right. And we're not saying for a minute that the Impossible Whopper is a healthy no. choice. No, mm. it's just healthier than eating But it's healthier Whopper. than eating meat. Right. And it's healthier right. for the cow. So, well, a hell of a lot healthier for the cow. So, so how do you guys feel? Like, do you will you eat an Impossible Whopper, or do you not want to give any money to Burger King? Um, yeah, I mean, I will eat an Impossible Whopper if I find myself in a situation, which I actually did uh, a little while ago when I was traveling, and there was a flight delay, and I was really hungry, and I had gone for like seven to eight hours, and it was clear I was not going to be able to eat again until I got home very late, and I didn't want to be eating at like midnight and there was a Burger King there and I went and got an Impossible Whopper and it was fine. They're delicious. They are. I have to you say. eat them a lot. I do. I eat one a week and part of me feels like, why am I giving money to, to these, you know, murderers yeah. and not just murderers, but people who make Americans and people the world over fat and sick right. and, and kill them. And don't pay a living wage. To and don't pay a living wage. Yeah. And then on the other hand, I'm like, I want people to buy the Impossible Whopper. I totally. want that to become their most popular food item because the, the more that it does, then the fewer cows get murdered. And maybe other, as we're seeing, other businesses go, oh, there's money to be made from serving something that isn't meat. For sure. And they've had a huge uptick in business. And it's not just because they're attracting a plant-based community to eat there, but some of their regular customers who would normally eat at Burger King on the regular are ordering it instead yes. of that's meat. And that's the best possible thing. Exactly. And can I just say... Because right, we want to convert people. I am not a vegan. I am a... This was supposed yet. to be the no, your meatless year. Right? I'm a flexitarian at the moment. That's but, how I started. But, but I grew up eating meat and I'm not picky. I don't care if it's vegan. If it tastes good, I'm going to eat it. Right. So I, I think that like I'm one of those people now that if I have the option to have an Impossible Burger, a Beyond Burger, whatever... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose that. Um, and I think it's exciting that it's available w wherever you go. You know, at Bear Burger, which oh, yeah. I don't know if they have those in other places, but we have Bear Burger here. It's, yeah. a, it's like a restaurant chain. Half of their menu is now vegan. Fully yeah, vegan. At, at, right. You flip the menu over and everything on there, including the most delicious vegan cheese I've ever tasted. I want to know where they're getting their cheeses from. They and that's a, the hardest thing, I think. Yes. They have the, a vegan Gouda, a vegan Parmesan, a vegan cheddar. So they're they using melty and delicious. They're using a company called Follow Your Heart. Yep. And Follow Your Heart's available at most vegan grocery markets, but also at Whole Foods around the country. I've had it. It doesn't taste the same when I make it. You're probably using too much of it because mm. vegan cheese, a little bit goes a very long Good way. Good tip. Interesting. Yeah, that's a trick. Of all the people who are out there using vegan cheese for pizza, please don't over-sprinkle it. Half use the it amount. The same way. Half, 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 half the amount. So interesting. Right, it because it gets very um, liquidy. Yep. Yeah. It's yep. not as stretchy as, as dairy cheese. So with regard to the Impossible Whopper and all of these like fast food burgers that are coming, yeah. what is your stance on the whole shared grilling controversy? I, this is the number one thing people yeah. ask me on Facebook. They're, oh, yeah. like, they're like, don't you realize that you're eating a burger that's been grilled where there's a the cow? And don't you realize that heat kills bacteria? I mean, like, that's and, the thing. Like, <laughs> And moreover, do you only eat at vegan restaurants? Because guess what? Every other fucking restaurant you eat at, there's one set of pots and pans that they're using to cook. So if yeah. you're going to be... If, Unless to kosher. Perfection is absolutely your goal. Stay at home and only eat at vegan restaurants, and isn't that wonderful for you that you can do that? Yeah, I agree. And, and I'm glad that you guys are taking this stance, because I, I know a lot of people look to you to sort of know whether it's okay, and I think that um, people are kind of irrational about this. Completely. The guy who's suing over it, I don't know oh, if yeah, there's a lawsuit. has actually gotten any legs beneath it, but that's complete garbage. You're going to Burger King. <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. Well, that, that should right. be the end of it. So just to be clear, you guys are fine with your Impossible Burger. I mean, not fine, but you will eat an Impossible Whopper that's been cooked on the same grill as a, as a 
as a beef burger. Yeah, Absolutely. as long as it's been properly cooked, I'm fine with it. And they, Burger King will also throw it into the microwave for you if you don't want to cook. So there is an option if you are going to be that big a purist. But really? again, if you're being Probably a purist, the same too. if you're being a purist, don't go to Burger King. <laughs> Totally. End go. of story. I agree. Well, I'm excited for Kentucky Fried Chicken. Oh, yeah. Yes. Their vegan chicken you saw what happened in Atlanta when they launched it. It sold out yeah. in yeah. less than an and now hour. They just, they just launched it a couple of weeks ago in, in, in a couple other southern cities. So it's, it's going to make its way up the East Coast pretty soon from what I hear. Absolutely. And also, we don't give uh, stock tips on the Adam Sank Show. But I will say that I am invested in BYND. Beyond so are we. As are we. <laughs> and I have made quite a bit of cash. So have so we. Have we. we uh, money on once it. again, I'm not telling anyone how, what to do with their money, but I think if you invest in a in any uh, plant based uh, company right now, you're probably going to do very well over the next ten years. For sure. For sure. I mean, look, that's where we're going. I mean, the, with, if you just look at the global population and the amount of people who need to be fed on this planet, we cannot keep doing what we're doing sustainably through animal agriculture. You cannot raise and slaughter enough animals. You can't produce enough eggs. These animals can't produce enough milk. I mean, think about this statistic. Every single second of every day, 124,000 land animals are slaughtered for food. 124,000 per second. We're doing over 62 billion animals a year. And there's just nowhere to put them. Yeah. There's no way to do this. And when you think about the impact on the climate and climate change, if anyone's an environmentalist, if anyone believes in this, you have to start moving towards a plant-based diet. It's just, you don't have to necessarily go vegan. You have to start moving towards more plant-based food mm-hmm. options. And the food sector understands this. A good friend of ours, uh, Justin, yes. just started eating plant-based this week. This is the yes. first week of it. Saw that. And I know the answer to this, but I want to hear it from you guys. He's asking, where can he get his protein from? Because Scott. All he's been eating. Because <laughs> all he's too, too, early, too early in the day. Because all he's because <laughs> all he's been eating is vegetables, and I was like, "You're not getting your protein from there." So, so well, tell him. Here's the first thing: all vegetables contain protein. So do legumes. So yes. do grains, and so do beans. But the question is, and when my patients ask me, oh, where, "How much protein do I need?" The answer is really simple. Um, and I'll, it's usually in 0.8 uh, grams per kilogram, but we're not kilogram people. So if you take your body weight in pounds and multiply it by 0.36, that's how much you need to do. I'm doing so this for the right average, now. and that's for a sedentary human who's basically You're sitting in a chair. Who are you calling sedentary? Oh, that's not yes. you. So the average, per, the average man needs about. Average man point three six. Point three six. The average man needs about fifty four uh, grams of protein. I, I a day. need sixty three. Okay, no, you're you're above average. I'm. I get <laughs> Not about. I get about hundred and twenty grams of protein a day. Yeah, I get about. The Not same. including cum. Right. No. So where does where no, do we get? Where, take it to two hundred. Uh, where do we get it from? From beans, beans, tempeh, tofu, seitan. 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 Which, and seitan is a, a very, a lot of people don't know what it is. It's the vital wheat gluten. So if you're a gluten-free person or if you have celiac Run disease or gluten it. sensitivity, you shouldn't be eating it. <laughs> I don't but, love seitan. But seitan is also an active ingredient in vegan chicken and vegan beef. And a lot of the products like Gardein and Beyond Meat and things like that, they use seitan in it. And actually Beyond Meat doesn't use it, sorry. Um, but there are, there are a lot of uh, replacement meat products that are vital wheat gluten-based. Well, since I became plant-based, uh, in my diet, one of the things I eat pretty much every single day is chickpeas in some oh, form. Yeah. Mm. I either eat hummus or I have falafel or I have both. So every inter- single day. So interesting fact: one cup of chickpeas is thirty-nine grams of protein. Yeah, Boom. it's, it's mm. a, so it's you're a perfect there. food. It's perfect. It's it's got no fat. It's fairly you know low in in um, in the kind of carbs that make you fat and got high no in the carbs. A lot of fiber. Good great fiber, which God knows I need. But you're <laughs> an old Jewish man at this point. You need fiber. Yeah. Hello. I turn forty nine tomorrow. <laughs> there you go. Guys, you like to remind people that being vegan isn't just about a plant based diet. It's yes. it's uh, all about animal rights. It's about uh, sustainability and the planet. Totally. And I know that um, you do a lot of work with Woodstock Farm Sanctuary. You want to talk about that a little? Sure. Um, So I've been on the board of directors at Woodstock Farm Sanctuary for the past five years. And for the past year and a half, I've been the board chair. 
And for people who aren't familiar with it, they can go to woodstocksanctuary.org. And Woodstock uh, rescues farmed animals and gives them lifelong care and sanctuary. And then we connect people with those animals to advance veganism. But we also align ourselves with other social justice uh, movements in, in order to sort of make the connection for people that animal rights and animal liberation is really part of our collective liberation and all social justice struggles. And Woodstock currently has over 400 animals on 155 acres. It's about 90 minutes outside of New York City. A really fun weekend, and our visiting season is about to open up. I've never been. I know. You and took only Scott, and we, you never took we me. Invited we you invited you like five you. times. Let's, Come on. Let's be really clear here, girl. Do we have to hijack you this Please year? Please hijack me. Sounds about right. I want to yes. go. Yes, you do. We'll take you up this year. I've and seen, we have, you, you post pictures all the time, and it's very beautiful. We just finished last year. We finished construction on our, our B&B up it there. It is gorgeous. It's a gorgeous You have a B&B? It's a five-bedroom yeah. ensuite thing. It's called the Gray Barn at Woodstock Sanctuary. Oh it's got and you're the proprietors. Yeah. <gasps> and so when you go there, you're actually supporting the farmed animals. And you wake up in the morning, have a great vegan meal, and you're looking out over the like it's pastoral. So all oh of God. your stalker fans, if that's where you can find, if us. they want yeah. a glimpse of you, they can check into the uh, to the, the Gray, gray barn. barn. Wow, I will definitely be making a booking. Gray Barn is also a nickname people have for my ass. Um, <laughs> all right. Wow. It is time now. And so, and so once again, give the website for... Uh, it's, well, if they just go to www.woodstocksanctuary.org. If you're just tuning in, we're talking to the vegan Moe's, Michael Suchman and Ethan Cement. And it's now time for Ask Me No Questions. Ask Me No Questions. Ask Me No Questions. This wasn't on the last time. Th- it this didn't it. exist. This is a new segment. Yeah. Uh, new for you. We've been doing it for about a year and a half. Um, and you can both answer this who is your least favorite vegan celebrity oh wow and i know you have to, one do we get to plead the fifth can <laughs> no. it be like an andy cohen no. thing no. drew drogi told I'll us say it. Uh, the, no, no shade ellen degeneres oh she's interesting oh she's was, not really vegan anymore. i was going with i'll go with russell simmons oh you win interesting. wait first yeah. tell us why ellen's a bad vegan because she eats eggs so she's vegetarian. Well, she still says she's vegan, just because she knows the chickens and, <laughs> and they're in her backyard. Sells, and, and she, she sells leather and her clothing that line filthy and stuff. lying so bitch. She's playing with the definition, so she's a bad. We vegan. see you, Ellen. We speak your but name. Michael, I think Michael wins on Russell Simmons. Yeah. Now, why Russell? This is Def Jam. Mike, yes. Russell Simmons. What's what's wrong he with him? Wrote a book a couple years ago called "The Happy, the vegan. Happy vegan," talking about how you know, most vegans are angry. And you know what? Yeah, we actually are because we know what's happening to animals. We're pissed off about it. But his whole thing is, you know, so if occasionally I want to have like some egg noodle soup or a piece of fish, it's totally fine and I'll eat it. And then I apologize to the animal and I forgive myself and I recommit to being vegan. I'm like, that's not how this works. That's not how this works. What do we call that, JB? That's fuckery. That's fuckery. That's fuckery. That's fuckery. Both and him are fuckery. Yeah, he wrote this book, and (laughs) Ethan's reading it. Ethan had to read it first. We were asked to review it. He reads it. Everything's going along great. It's well-written. It's very plain English. It's accessible to anyone who wants it. And then he gets to, I think it's page 156. Yep. The color drains from his face. Then he goes beat red. He's like, I'm not, we're not fucking reviewing this book. You can do it. And he like threw it across the room. So I'm like, fine. I start to read it, get to the same point. I almost tore the book in half. And like Russell Simmons can do whatever he wants, but don't write a book called The Happy Vegan. And about, then talk about how you're not uh, vegan. About how you're eating animals and then apologizing. Uh, number two, <laughs> does eating a plant-based diet make your cum taste better? Yes. Yes. Hmm. You know this for a fact. Yes. Yes. I Extensive would think research. It, I would think it, <laughs> uh, I would think it would. Because we know that, like, for instance, eating pineapple. pineapple, and I just think if you're eating meat and dairy, you're, there's a lot of toxic stuff going through your body. There's also a lot of, like, amino groups and nitrates, and those particularly make things taste a little bit. Except for asparagus. Don't eat asparagus if you're going to get sucked off later. Oh, does no. your does, advice. Just ask Samantha Jones. But, um, yes. <laughs> yes, I remember that episode. that episode. I absolutely do. There's something happening with men in the ass. With which non-human animal do you most identify? Oh. I think I personally identify with goats. Interesting. Yeah. Well, with the hair, I can kind of see it. Yeah. No, I think it's it's because they're actually deceptively uh, sweet and cuddly. But when you first meet them, they'll just, they'll tear you apart. Right. Mm. They're, 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 they're like a take no prisoners kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, Hashtag Capricorns. And they're exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Are you Capricorn? I'm not a Malio. Uh-huh. Uh, Michael, which animal? That's something I've actually never thought of, so I just need a moment. Ryan? 
I was going to go obvious and go I mean, pig or rooster. For I think like uh, it's obvious to say pig for me, but I actually feel like I'm a, like a puppy. Yeah, I was going to say dog, yeah. dog for myself. Yeah, I very much identify with dogs. Mm-hmm. JB, it would be a cat for me. I like to be by myself. I see and then that. Come out. You're for very cat like. Yeah, you like to be stroked, but then you like to climb into a box by yourself for a couple hours. Yeah. Oh my god. Exactly. <laughs> Michael, I'm still going to go with pig. <laughs> I accept that. Uh, okay, now this one is actually factual, so either of you can answer. Which animal has the biggest penis in the world? My husband. Hey! Let's see, Tim. The proof no. is in the pudding. Um, wow. God. Isn't this queen? Um, I want to say it's a whale. Correct. Really? What kind of whale? Is it the sperm Obviously, whale? Sperm whale's the way to go, but no. it's the blue whale. Blue whale. A blue whale penis is 12 inches around... And 10 feet in length. Oh, my God. Wow. Those poor female whales. Right? That's like a tree trunk. <laughs> really, that's like a school really bus. They go through it. Here's a- <laughs> and they're in water. And anyone who's tried to fuck in water knows that water is not a good lube. No, yeah, especially really if you're having butt sex. <laughs> yeah. It, it's really, you got to have and like a self-lubricating butt. They're into some crazy stuff, I hear. But, um, yeah, people think it's the elephant or the horse. But, in fact, the blue whale, 12 inches around. I mean, that is, even Bravo. for size queens, that's too much. Um in a related question, which primate has the biggest penis in the world? Hmm. Oh Orangutan? What's your guess, Michael? I'm going to go with, what, like, the great apes. Gorilla? JV, you want to guess? Nope. I was, I was looking for the answer by husband again, but it's fine. The, <laughs> the answer is human beings. Really? Huh. We have much bigger dicks for our size than any other primate. In fact, gorilla dicks are like the size of a golf pencil. Really? They're what? really small. And in some cultures, calling someone a gorilla is the greatest insult because you're basically saying he's got a tiny dick. I wow. guess that makes sense because when you think of all the nature shows we've seen with gorilla, male gorillas running around, if they had big dicks, you would actually you would see, see them. Know, right. Yeah. I mean, same with all monkeys, when you, monkeys yeah. and apes. When you see them and they're on their hind legs, you don't see anything down there. So Adam, you're hung and Adam's like a, looking. Adam, you're hung like a human. I am hung <laughs> bigger than a gorilla. You're hung I'm like a primate. Tell everyone that, uh, even though it's not true. Um, if you could make one non-plant-based food plant-based and have it taste exactly the same, which one would it be? Wow. Um, uh, for me, it's almost already there, but I'm going to go with fried chicken. Yes, that's a big one on my list. Like real fried chicken, there's something really special yep. about that. I would, I would say um, fish. Like mm. really, yeah, I liked fish back yeah. in the day, and um, there's some really interesting new things in the food space uh, with respect to like uh, vegan tuna and some vegan sushi. But it's still it, they've got the texture down, but it doesn't have that taste of fish to it. Mm. I'm sure you guys know this, but if you take a uh, a jar of capers and you pour some of the caper juice into mm-hmm. whatever you're cooking, you it, can make it taste a little fishy. Right. Yeah. Briny. That brininess. Yeah. I never liked the taste of f- seafood. I never ate seafood except for scallops mm-hmm. uh, and, and tuna, tuna salad when I was a uh, non plant based. But um, for me, it would be my mother's brisket. Mm. My mother makes the mm. best fucking brisket in You're the world. You're so Jewish. I know, but it's <laughs> it's she makes it like a pot roast. It's really oh, yeah. moist and juicy, and it's got it's like gotta cook potatoes for like three and hours. carrots. And when she serves that, and I go home, that's the one time where I'm like, "Fuck, mm. I really want to eat that." I have mastered my mom's brisket gravy. That's to me, that's too. what it's all about. If you can get the gravy, you use pour it over sauce? anything. No, she uses a little bit of barbecue sauce, the which makes it in sweet. The, the recipe is in our book. Uh, uh, NYC Vegan, yes, iconic recipes for a taste of the Big Apple, mm. available now at veganmos.com and other booksellers. Um, is, is that my last question? <laughs> That's it. Do you actually have a last question? What do you mean? You, you always, always have, have questions. questions. I know. <laughs> you didn't want to ask um, the one we... Did we I always, skip one? No. Um, what's a lie? Oh, what's tell? a lie you always tell? I'm fine. <laughs> you say it just like that. I'm fine. I'm fine. Ethan? I don't tell lies. Ever. Oh. No, no. Sometimes I do. I wouldn't say I, there's a, like a recurrent theme of a lie that I tell. Well, let's say you go see a friend's show uh-huh. and it's terrible. What do you say afterwards? Wow. That was just... Wow. We used to say... That was something. <laughs> that was something. In college I, when we would go see... No, actually, the last time that happened, I said, 
That was, I can't even describe it. <laughs> when I was in college, we had to go see all of the, um, the plays and all the musicals. And when someone would say, oh, how was it? There were actors on that stage. They were doing a play. I saw you wrote that on Facebook. Oh my God. About it was Be More Chill. Yes. It was I, Be More Chill. I almost oh my spit. God. I was drinking water. I almost spit on my computer it was, screen. It was a show. It was a Broadway that show. It was the worst show It was ever. a show on Broadway. Michael sure. Suchman, Ethan Cement, the Ethan Mose, otherwise known <laughs> Ethan Mose. <laughs> the Vegan Mose, otherwise known as Methan. The Megan Vose. <laughs> the Megan Vose. Uh, how can people follow you both on the interwebs? If you do want to follow Vegan Mose, it's veganmose.com on Facebook, Instagram, everywhere you go. So V-E-G-A-N-M-O-S. Thank you Mose so much for being here. Ryan, people can follow you at at Ryan Frosting with an N. JB at Stocking Anarchy 12. Thank you to everyone that asked. We'll be back next week with Zach Zimmerman. Don't forget to download Adam Sank's last comedy album. Follow me, me, on Twitter and Instagram at Adam Sank. Subscribe to this podcast and pay for it at dnrstudios.com. Uh, email me at adam at adamsank.com. Have a great week, bitches, Bye. and happy Leap Day. Happy, happy birthday, Wall. Happy birthday, Wall. Yeah.